Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame Podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. This episode, Remembering Dave Campbell, with Texas Football Managing Editor, Greg Tepper. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame Podcast, presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. I am author and oral historian Jackson Michael. Last episode, Houston Chronicle writer John McLean shared some wonderful stories with us about his memories of the legendary Dave Campbell, the namesake of the iconic Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. In this episode, we hear from Texas Football Managing Editor Greg Tepper, Of course, the print edition of the magazine is still available, and you can also now get all of the great coverage that you know and love at texasfootball.com. Greg, thanks so much for being here with us. How did you first meet Dave Campbell? The first time I met Dave was after I had come on board here at Texas Football Magazine that year whenever we went down to coaching school. A THSCA coaching school and convention. I believe it was in Fort Worth that year. And that was the first time I met Dave. And, and I had, you know, I'd grown up in, in Texas. I had uh, a lot of, obviously, love for this magazine and understood everything that had gone around. But it had never actually occurred to me that Dave Campbell was like a real person. At that point, it was a strange thing that, that you know, you, you see those, those types of things, that, that those names that are so iconic, and you just kind of assume that, I don't know, if they were come up with in, in some sort of branding or marketing lab or something like that. Like, that sounds good. Dave Campbell's Texas football. And so, obviously, coming on with the magazine, I'd gotten to know the history. Of, and meet Dave in person was, as a journalism guy, just like, I was a bit awestruck. It's not often. I think when you get in the business of sports journalism, you kind of lose the ability to be starstruck in some ways, especially with people in the sports world. But this was a moment of pure awestruck, like, you know, amazement to be shaking hands with and talking with him. And at that moment, I remember just having a really nice conversation with him and then just talking about him. And I remember picking his brain and bothering him all the time with you know, all the, all the dumb questions that 25-year-olds have for their 80-something-year-old boss. I mean, he was so gracious and kind to, to answer all my questions. And I just remember thinking that you could really understand how this guy was able to be so beloved in Texas just by the way that he treated people. I, I don't know that he liked being semi-famous, but I think that he enjoyed talking with people, and Texas football was such a good entree for him to talk with people. I'll never forget that first time I met Dave, because it was, it was that moment of, of just, like, you knew that you were in the presence of someone special and someone who was an icon. That was really fun for me. Yeah, and he was such a great and humble guy, and his experiences, you know, he had seen so much in Texas football history. Yeah, and, and that's one thing that I think was so so fun about talking with Dave, me being, you know, significantly, you know, some 60 years his junior, hearing him spin yarns and hearing him tell tales. You know, for me, as a journalism guy, what I always loved were the stories of, of him on the road on the Southwest Conference tour with Mickey Herskowitz and Blackie Sherrod and Dan Jenkins, you know, going out and talking on the Southwest Conference kind of media tour 
they were guys having fun and, and, and doing journalism the old school way. And to hear those stories was so special. And of course, the games that he covered and the events that he covered. What I always admired about Dave is for a guy like that and a guy who, you know, at that point with his name on the magazine and being so iconic and such a legend in the state, he could have very easily just said, you know what, I'm only interested in the big events. I'm, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl, or I'm going to go only to the Final Four, or I'm only going to go uh, you know, to the Sugar Bowl. All the games were a big event to him, not just the bowl games or the championships. This is a guy who really had a love for, especially for high school football, and for all teams in Texas. He wanted to go to the Mary Harden Baylor game. You know, he wanted to go to these contests with schools that were teams that were quote unquote, you know, not showcase programs. He's not the biggest game. And that's something that I think has really carried over into what we try to do at Texas Football Magazine is is to make sure that everyone understands that your team is important. That was something that was really important to him. And and I think that's something that I really admired about him was how many guys get famous and get some notoriety and they're like, That event is beneath me. This was a guy who could have as much fun at the Big 12 championship game as he could at some 2A district game. And that's something I always admired about him. And you mentioned you heard him spin a lot of great yarns. What are one or two that not very many people would know in Texas sports history? One of the things that he always talked about was the quote-unquote the game of the century back in 1969, the Arkansas and Texas game. His experience there and his, him enjoying that game. But, but, you know, one of the things that I think was really interesting to me was it's kind of a kind of a, a backward story that I had to prompt him for, but somebody sent me a video on YouTube. It is Daryl K. Royal's birthday party. Daryl K. Royal, the legendary coach of Texas, it's his birthday party, and they're at some sort of a. You can see there's some sort of apartment that, that a lot of people are crammed in, and there's a gentleman playing a guitar and singing songs, and it's Willie Nelson. And they pan around the room, and you start looking around, I believe you see DKR, you know, you see, his, you see his wife. You go to the couch, and over there on the couch is Dave, sitting next to Reba, sitting there, just listening. Uh, I, I think he, he might be nursing a beverage, as he was wont to do sometimes. And sitting next to him is Lee Corso, just sitting next to him on the couch. And I remember I went to Dave at some point. After seeing I was like, Dave, I saw something on the internet, this video of you at Daryl Royal's birthday party, you're sitting there next to Lee Corso, Willie Nelson's playing, and the way that Dave reacted was as if you had just said, uh, hey Dave, I, I, I saw that you, uh, you, know, you ordered a sandwich last night. He'd be like, yeah, you know, it's something I did. I got invited to Coach Royal's birthday party, I went there with Reba, uh, you know, there were people there, a guy playing music. You know, ho-hum. I'm like, Dave, do you understand? <laughs> like, what's these kinds of people in this room that you were in? Uh, it, was, it was pretty remarkable, and I think that that really kind of spoke to the casual remarkability of his life, that all of these things that I think in hindsight, all of us look back and be like, I can't believe you were at Arkansas and Texas in 1969. I can't believe you covered these games. I can't believe you covered the miracle on the Brazos and these things. I can't believe you were in Daryl Royal's birthday party listening to, listen to, to Willie Nelson just play in the middle of the floor. And Dave would just be like, yeah, ain't that something, huh? I always appreciate it. Dave had a real understated way about him. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that just speaks to how humble he was, too. And, and for him, that's another day in the life of Dave Campbell. It really is. And I've now had about a month to process and, and think about uh, him posthumously. And the word that I keep coming back to is egoless. You want to talk about a guy who has his name on 
an iconic magazine in this state, a guy whose name is on the tip of everyone's tongue in the football world, in the most football-crazy state in America. And you want to talk about a guy who was completely devoid of an ego. He was so humble. The word that you keep coming back to is, is humble, and I'm, I'm, I totally agree. It was just, it was remarkable that there's nothing about him that he wanted to puff himself up or talk about how great he was. I mean this in a nice way because I, I like to think of myself as the same way. He was just a bit of a, of a journalism nerd who found his way into like a wonderful situation and was able to help build this iconic magazine and to leave this iconic legacy in the state of Texas. And I think he always thought of himself as pretty lucky that he was able to do this. And that's something that I, I've always, like you hear people say how humble he was. This is a guy who, especially in the age of today where every journalist, you know, heck myself included, is just trying to make a name for him or herself. This is a guy who was just so comfortable just doing his thing and all he wanted to do was put out good work and boy did he do that. When we return, we'll hear more stories about Dave Campbell from Texas football managing editor Greg Tepper on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Hampton Inn Waco, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll enjoy the Hampton Inn Waco's free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you bring your team to Waco, make the Hampton Inn Waco your home court on the road. Welcome back to Remembering Dave Campbell with Texas football managing editor Greg Tepper on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. Did he ever talk to you about the early days of the magazine and, and how it built up? I think whenever you become the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, you always want to ask Dave Campbell about the, the start of it. And and I remember him telling the story about he and Hospital and, of course, Reba all kind of pulling together. Of course, the kitchen table is iconic down there in Waco that he did on his kitchen table. And the one thing I always thought was funny was that he really had two ideas for magazines. He was either going to do a magazine about the Southwest Conference, about the schoolboy teams, about all the football in the state of Texas, or he was going to do a regional bowling magazine. Because bowling was really hot. Like, bowling was really hot late 50s, early 60s. Bowling was cooking. Uh, I think he made the right choice. That's me. I'm just, I don't mind saying. One of the things I asked him about, because obviously the magazine, the college coverage is obviously unmatched, but, but the high school coverage is really what has become the bread and butter of Dave Campbell's Texas football. And I, I asked him, I said, you know, was, was that something that just kind of happened by happenstance? I knew he was big into the Southwest Conference. Did you just say, oh, let's toss in the schoolboy teams, as it were, the, the high school teams as well? And he said, no, no. From the beginning, the idea was to be comprehensive. The idea was that high school football, schoolboy football at the time was really important, and we wanted to make sure we gave that spotlight as well. From what I understand, from what he told me, uh, the first couple of years were pretty lean. 
but they were finding a foothold in there as far as how they were able to grow this magazine. The people he really, again, to go back to him being so egoless, he really lavished praise on Hollis Biddle, who was really in a lot of ways his right-hand man, Jim Montgomery as well, uh, and then his wife, Reba, uh, who he would say was the unsung hero. He you know, might as well be Reba Campbell's Texas football. That she was in a lot of ways, I mean, she was a, an accomplished journalist herself, but she was kind of keeping... Um, I think boys will be boys, and, and I think she was like, all right, boys, let's, let's kind of keep things organized and keep the train on the tracks here to make sure things got done. He always talked about how Reba was so integral to the growth of the magazine and to making it, uh, to making it happen. It's remarkable to think that he got the magazine out across the entire state, even in small towns in the 1960s and 1970s. He had so many great ideas for how to get the magazine out to people. I think today people think about you go to TexasFootball.com and order one, or you, you go to the store and you pick one up off the newsstand. You know, they didn't necessarily have that kind of distribution. You know, he had partnerships with restaurant associations where there would just be stacks of magazines at restaurants. He would find ways to get the magazine in front of people. He was pretty brilliant in that regard as well. It was pretty tough to start a magazine from scratch like he did, but he certainly built the foundation that we're still building on today. Yeah, and I think um, it, one thing you, you kind of started to allude to that really is interesting about Dave is, you know, a lot of times people, they start something and they get it going and they just stay beholden to the method that got him there. But Dave, it's, it sounds like he was really flexible as the internet grew, getting the magazine out and changing with the times in different formats. Yeah, you know, that's one of the things that we've tried to do at Texas Football Magazine with the advent of the internet is to change what Dave Campbell's Texas Football is. That for most of the lifespan of the magazine, it's been a magazine that comes out in the summer and you go, you pick it up off the store shelves. We tried to change that. You know, Dave was always our editor-in-chief up until the day that he died. It's not my call, but I don't think we'll ever have another editor-in-chief. That title is just going to be retired. But he was always involved when we had ideas of things we wanted to do. We wanted to bounce them off him, and he was always good with feedback. I've said this before. He's a really good boss. He's a guy who had a way of saying, that's a good idea. Here's one thing I would add to it or maybe do this differently. He was always very supportive of the way that we wanted to expand our reach. And so now, you know, you look at TexasFootball.com. We have streaming platform in Texan Live. We have a daily live show. We have podcasts. I'm speaking to you from our studio in our offices in Louisville right now. He was always somebody who wanted to be innovative. And I think that goes back to his roots of what he wanted to start back in 1959-1960. He wanted to be nimble. He wanted to change things and do things in his way and do things that were always going to be on the leading edge. And, and, you know, we're just trying to carry on that legacy. I've got the easy job. I just have to follow the blueprint. He's the guy who did all the hard work and laid the foundation for us. And you mentioned you met him when you were in your 20s, and he was kind of a mentor to you. What are some of the things that you learned from him, either just about journalism or about life in general? What are things that stand out when you think about him? One of the things that I'll always remember about Dave Campbell is the humility. It's easy to get caught up in yourself and get caught up in reading your own press clippings and that he was a guy who never did that. One of the things he always really drove home was that when you're writing about a game or you're writing about a story, remember that you're not the story. You know, that, that it's never about you, which kind of goes back to the humility thing. It was always about what is the story? How can you spotlight the people who are the subject of the story? 
The other thing for me as a writer, I have really enjoyed going back and reading his work and reading the way he works. Because I, I think that, you know, again, Dave Campbell is kind of this idea in a lot of ways. But if you go back and you read his stuff and you remember that he was a sports editor at the Waco trip, right? He was a, a writer by trade. If you go back and you just read his stuff, it's easy to see why he kept getting work <laughs> like that. But it's easy to see why people enjoyed reading him because people just don't, you don't write like that. The way that he can transport you to places with his writing has been something that I've tried to take on myself because there's, there's just a lot to learn from a, from a legend like that. The other thing for me, and he, he said this a lot, is that every team matters. Every team, you know, every football team has a story to tell. Every team, ha every football player, every football coach, they have a story to tell. It doesn't matter if it is the undefeated national champion of the FBS ranks that they win the college football playoff or it is a six-man team that hasn't won a game in six years. They've all got stories to tell, and they all deserve to be treated with respect. I think there's people who, who maybe look at the magazine and they say, well, why would you include the six-man teams? Why would you include the private school teams, you know, uh, the, the high school ranks? You know, there's, uh, people just care about 6A and 5A. They care about the big, big ranks. And, and one of the things that Dave was adamant about was that all these teams matter and all these teams deserve to be covered in the same way. That's something that's really stuck with me. If you want to talk about the legacy for him, I think it's a legacy of coverage equality in the state of Texas that all these teams deserve to be covered. That means it's a lot to do, but he was never afraid of hard work. And, and that's something that I think that we, we try to aspire to. Despite all of the success that Dave Campbell's Texas football had, he really was someone who stayed close to his roots. One of the things he was always very passionate about was obviously there in Waco. He's very passionate about Baylor, but also very passionate about his high school, about La Vega High School. I saw him when La Vega won the state championship in 2018. He was at their banquet. He didn't come to the games in Arlington, but he watched it on TV. And I do remember having a conversation with him at the, uh, I sat with him at the banquet and just had a conversation with him. And, and he was, he, you know, even then, I mean, so this is 2018, so he's 93 years old, I believe. At that point, he still remembered all the intricacies of that game and saying, you know, hey, you know, one of the things that I thought was really interesting was when Liberty Hill tried that fake punt and it didn't work for them and stuff like that. That was one thing he was always very passionate about was, was La Vega High School because that's, you know, Bell meets his home. He went to La Vega Elementary, he went to La Vega High. One question that has probably crossed a lot of readers' minds at some point I know it has for me. Do you know if he played high school football? I don't believe so. I don't believe he played. I, that's actually a great question. I don't know. I don't think so. It's it's hard to say because, you know, at La Vega High School in 19, will be the 1930s. It, it may be all hands on deck, but you've all got to go play. Right, right, um, right. He never. I'll say this. He never talked about playing. So I don't believe he ever, you know, rose to any sort of prominence as a football player. But he always, he always liked football, and that's for darn sure. And in many ways, football loved him. When we would go to THSEA coaching school and convention, and he would sit there and sign magazines for, for coaches and stuff like that, what I always appreciated was there was always such mutual admiration between Dave and Texas high school football coaches that Dave... I, I think, obviously, coaches came up and, and they would shake his hand and they would say, thank you for everything you've done for football in the state of Texas, for our industry, and things like that. 
but but for Dave, I think Dave really admired coaches. I think he really thought highly of what they did. I think he really thought that they had a, a an important purpose in life. And he always took time whenever he was signing a magazine, you know, to ask a, ask a, a coach how he thinks his team's going to be. You know what I mean? Or or even if it's just like, hey, coach, I'm going to sign your magazine. Tell me what your team's mascot is. You know what I mean? Say, here's to a great year for the Wildcats. Things like that. I think that that was one thing that I always thought was really admirable about Dave was I think that he I think he had a lot of respect for coaches. Probably that's just being around them a lot and being around covering them and talking with them and, and getting to know them in a lot of deep ways. But he always had a really deep admiration for coaches at the high school level, at the college level. He thought that what they did was really important and they served a really important purpose in, in our society. Another thing that's good to know about Dave Campbell is that even though it was his job, he still genuinely enjoyed talking football with anyone and everyone. Yeah. He always wanted. He always wanted to talk ball. Dave always wanted to talk ball. Like you know, he wanted to. He wanted to know what you thought of football, and he would. He would very rarely interject his own opinion, but he would. He just wanted to listen to, to people talk about football. He was just kind of a junkie. He was a football junkie, which is that's my kind of people. <laughs> Those are my kind of people as well. So, how do people subscribe to Dave Campbell's Texas Football Today? Uh, you know, texasfootball.com, we've got a ton of great stuff, you know, covering football, high school football, college football, and recruiting across the Lone Star State. We've got a lot of stuff that's out there for free. If you want more, we've got a bunch of podcasts. We've got a live, a daily live show every weekday at noon called Texas Football Today, where we talk to, to folks around the state and we talk uh, football, uh, the latest news and notes from, from around the state of Texas, breaking things down. As well as uh, we've got podcasts, and then if you want to be, if you want to get the magazine, we put two magazines. Of course, the legendary summer edition, as well is our recruiting edition, which comes out every December, uh, and you can get that by subscribing at TexasFootball.com. And it's something that we're continuing to build, or continuing to build on a legacy that they've left for us. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Hampton Inn Waco. Please visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame in Waco. And when you do, book your stay at the Hampton Inn Waco. It's a touchdown of a hotel. Please also remember to follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame on its social media channels on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Also, please tell your friends about the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast. <laughs>